preaching is always a privilege, but it's also a privilege when I get to sit down and hear and receive from uh, God's other soldiers in his army. Amen. Uh, since we've been in this whole uh, pandemic, uh, pandemonic situation we've been in here, uh, I've been preaching pretty much straight since March. And so uh, I get a break tonight. <laughs> Amen. And so we have two speakers that are going to come to you present the word of God to you, and I want you to receive them as you will receive Jesus. That's how you do it. You receive those that he sent. He said, if you receive the one I sent, you receive me. So he sent these two tonight to minister the word of God to us, and you're going to be blessed tonight. First coming, we have somebody who's a rambunctious character, one who's a special character, who exceeding grace would not be the same without this character being in this church and um, she just brings the noise in fact she brings the shebang bang would y'all please welcome Miss Shante as she comes to minister the word of God to us into it because we got a little ways to go and a lot to get in there. Let's pray. Lord, right now, Father, Lord, I ask right now that you have your way, Lord. Lord, I've done my part in the name of Jesus, Lord, and now I'm asking that you do yours, Father. Lord, let your will and your way go forth tonight in the name of Jesus, Lord. Let every word that come out of my mouth be that which is pleasing to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. And though we're going to have fun in the name of Jesus, Lord, we still want to make sure that everything gets across that you mean to get across, Lord. So we ask these things in your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. So, well, first let me say this. I, um... I'm going to tell you a little something, and then we're going to get into the word. Um, anybody that knows me knows I like dogs. All kind of dogs. If you walk with me, you know I'm, I, I like dogs. And so um, I had one, um, a pit bull, and she passed away. She had cancer. They really didn't know what was wrong, but they was thinking it was cancer. And, and that was a little sad for me. And then... Um, Later, my daughter, she wanted a, a puppy, and her daddy thought it was okay to bring a puppy to my house for Christmas for her. I don't, I don't know. He didn't bring no food with it or anything, but he just brought the dog. And so I said, okay, we taking the, we taking the puppy, little, little chihuahua, you know, a cute little dog. He didn't bark. We named him Louis, like Louis Vuitton, you know, we named him, we was going, you know, we had him, he had a little leather look. And he was hard to party train, but he was a good cuddler. You know what I mean? So, like the dog. So, I would walk him. It's, I was still working overnights at this time. I would walk him when I come, came home because the kids kind of like, you know, we would be cleaning up after him. And so, this one particular day, I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I walked the dog, but he, what I had figured out about him is that he would use the bathroom twice. He would do the number two twice. And so, I said, okay. Um, I walked him, and then I was like, okay, I don't been out here. Now I'm going to trade it off, and I'm going to let my son walk him. So I sent my son back out there to walk the dog, and, and I was in the house. I, I believe I was on the phone. I was in the house. He comes back running. He comes back running, and his face, if you know my son, the one I'm talking about, he's always cool. You know what I mean? But at this point, he's rattled. His face, it's, it, I don't know this face. 
this child says, he says, Mama, the dog just got hit by a car. So I said, oh, my goodness. You know, and so I, we went, I went out there with him. I followed out there with him. And, uh, um, and the lady was blocking with her car, and the dog was in the road. Little dog. So, you know, and as we was walking up, the dog was taking his last breath. He was getting ready. So my baby was so rattled. He was. He, and as a mother, I had to step into mothership, mommyship. I couldn't, I couldn't say, well, what you was doing? Why you? Because first of all, we, we the dog wasn't used to bathroom on a leash, so I he wasn't the only one to take the dog off the leash. I would too, but I just had more authority when it came to the dog, and I knew that. Even to take him, let him take the dog out there. So, anyways, I had to deal with some things. I had to deal with what he seen, what he heard, and later on what he was saying. So what happened was he he had seen the dog get hit. He had heard the the thump from the car hitting the dog. He had heard the, the dog whining, whimpering, laying there. He had heard some things. He had seen some things. And so I had to deal with what he seen first. So I sent him back to the house. I said, go on back to the house. And what I did was I had to get the dog out the road and you had to deal with the city, you know, to come get there, come get the dog. And, but I had to get him off the scene because I had to deal with what he was seeing. Then I had to, after the, that, that was over with, I had to go and talk to him because I had to deal with what he had heard and what was in his head. And so what came out of his mouth was, hey, they did that on purpose. They hit that dog on purpose. They hit that. You know, he was angry. He was mad. He had went from being hurt to being mad that they hit that dog on purpose. They were speeding. They shouldn't have did that. They was right at the stop sign. How did that happen? So I had to deal with that. As a mother, I had, because I don't ever want sorrow to sit down in my child's heart, and I definitely don't ever want hate to sit down in his heart. So I had to deal with that. So we talked, and we had a conversation, and we kept talking. And every time we prayed, we, in a, we, we put that in our prayer, that our hearts would be softened. And, that, and I told him, I said, let me tell you something. Nobody would have hit that dog on purpose. And the man kept going because he was scared. I said, you have, to, you, have, you, know, you have to give people a little leeway. You got to meet people where they at, and you got to make sure that your heart don't go into Even if he would have did it on purpose, your heart is not there. And so as a mother... I dealt with, I had to deal, I cared about what he saw, what he heard, and what he was saying. And as our father, the father of fathers, he cares about what we see, especially in the times that we're in right now, and what we're hearing, and what we, if we're not careful, what we speak. So let's go, first we're going to deal with, we're going we're gonna to talk about how God cares what we see. And don't get a little about the papers, I just, all my scriptures on here. Even though I don't told media what they is, I'm gonna read them off here real quick. So first we're gonna go to, we're gonna deal with, God cares what we see. First Samuel 1, um, verses one through two. Now y'all give me a little break on these names and stuff. It says now, now there was a certain man of Ramathane, Zophim of the mountains of Ephraim, I know I got that right. I got a friend with that name. <laughs> and, his name was, and his name was Elkanai, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and he was an Ephraimite. 
and he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah. The name of the other was Penanina. Am I saying that right? Penanina. Penina. Okay, Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. She didn't have no children. Okay. Now let's go to 1 Samuel, um, first, the first chapter, verses 6 through 7 now. And it says, and her rival, Pen Penina, right? Penina? Penina. Also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Now I know what y'all saying. Shantae, you said God cares what we see. I'm going to tell you what Hannah saw. Hannah saw Penina. 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 Saw Penina probably walking around, feeding the baby without the blanket over her. Probably in her room. She probably was in her room changing pampers. Why you in here changing this baby pamper? Probably was setting up portraits for, you know, Elkanah. And then, you know, let me tell you something. Elkanah favored Hannah. He loved Hannah. So, you know, she was, set, she was doing some stuff. So, that's what Hannah saw. And guess what? God cared what she seen. He know it bothered her. And we know, that's all I'm going to go to there. But we know that later on that he gave her her own child, Samuel. And if you read in um, 1 Samuel, um, the second chapter, Verse 5, they said she had, what, it was about seven of them, they said. So God, he, now he, not only did he see her and, 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 and seen what she seen, cared about what she saw, he also done something about it. Okay, now let's go to Genesis um, chapter 19, verses 4 through 11. Now listen, when God deliver us from somewhere, he cares that we don't look back. You understand? Because if he's delivering us, there's something for it that he has for us. So if we're looking back, he's looking like, well, what's up? You must be, you, is you missing something back there? Now, if you ain't missing nothing back there, then look forward. Because looking, let me tell you something, looking backwards could cause some trouble. It could cause death. You understand? It could cause you death looking backwards. So it said, Genesis 19, chapter verses 4 through 11 says, Now before they lay down, the men of the city, I just want to give you a little background of what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. It says, now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are those men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. What kind of mess? So Lot, Lot said, so he said, so Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him and said, please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, that, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. And they said, stand back. Then they said, this one came... This one, then they talking about Lot, like you don't try us. This one came in to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they're going to deal with him too. Says, so they pressed hard against the man, Lot, and came near to break down the door. But the men reached out 
their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the door, at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. Okay, I just wanted you to see what was going on in them. Now, do that sound like something you're going to look back at? These people trying to take some. You better get on about your business. You understand where I'm coming from? So, so I just wanted you to know that that's where they was, that's what they was coming from. That's what God was bringing them from. So Genesis, the 19th chapter, verses 23 through 26, excuse me. It says, the sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zar. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. From the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. We got to be careful. When God, when God deliver us from back there, we got to keep moving forward. See, because let me tell you what happened. We'll slip up, and we'll be, oh, I'm going to go back for my cousin. I'm going to go back for my friend girl, you know. And you mess around and go back. And they, the pastor said all the time, it's more likely that you're going to get dirty than they're going to get clean. Especially if God ain't sent you. Now, if God sent you, he's going to make sure that it's lined up and it's right. But if he ain't sent you, you just want somebody to hang with that you used to hang with. I want somebody on this side with me that I know, you know, going to have my back. No, nah, baby. I holler. You know what I mean? I love you. And I'm going to pray for you. And when you come on over here, I'm going to be here with you. But until then... Let's go on about our business. We've got to look for, you got to look forward, never backwards. And something that the Lord says, says, um, so what, what I think that God was dealing with in that situation is her looking back. Like she wouldn't have been ready for what he, was, what he had in front of them. If you're looking back, you're not ready yet. So, and that's what he said. Or else, that's why he told him not to look back. But I'm going to tell you another, another reason. Now, we're talking about Father God. And y'all know some of y'all who some mamas and daddies. You ever got real, you ever had your children with you and something, had, something went down and you be like, go on to the car? Because your mama finna turn into a whole green man. I'm finna turn into a whole green, go on to the car, baby. Go on to the car. You know, like color purple. Like color purple, get my children out of here. Because it's finna get ugly. You understand where I'm coming from? And that is, I believe, that's another reason God didn't want them to look back. I don't want you to see who I am, because this funny get ugly up in Sodom and Gomorrah. You know what I mean? So, just saying, you know. We know you. I mean, we deliver from that now. But you know, if the, if the kingdom suffer violence, we will take it by force. So, um, now, now let's discuss that God, we, we just seen that God, you know, he cared that we don't look back. You know, he cared what we see before our eyes that cause us hurt and pain. He also cares that we see that he's with us no matter what we're going through. No matter what situation we're in, he cares that we see that he's with us. Let's go to Acts um, chapter 7, verses 51 through 56. And it says, um, now, in this, in this, I'm going to give you a little, little piece. Stephen going off right here. Stephen going off. He, he going off. He telling them everything. He done ran down the whole history and everything. He letting them know, you know, y'all a mess up in here. And they ain't like it. This is what he said. Stephen said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in the heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one. 
of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the, directions, by the direction of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. God, God cares that we see him when we're in the midst of whatever we're in the midst of. See, not only do he care, one thing about God is he ain't like other people. They, oh, I care about you, and they ain't got nothing they can do. They can't do nothing about it. God will do something about it. And in that situation, he asked Stephen, what you want to do? He stood up like, what, what's up? What you want to do? And Stephen said, I want to go on to heaven. Come on, I'm ready to leave here. And God did just that for him. And see, that's what we need to understand. He cares. He's not just sitting around. He cares what we see. He cares what, what bothers us and concerns us. He cares what we see. And, praise God. All right. Let's go. Let's go to God cares what we hear. He cares what we hear. There's a lot of things going on in the world right now. And it's, sometimes we can't even block it. You know, you be at work and you're like, would y'all turn that down or off or something? You know, I don't want to hear that. Let's go to John. Chapter 10, verses 3 through 11. This is what God wants us to hear. He says, to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will... By no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not un understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. God cares that we hear his voice. He cares that stranger, strange voices that we don't hear. That we put our ear only to his voice. He's going to take care of us. He's going to look out. He's not going to do us any harm. He says that the stranger, the stranger comes to kill, to steal, kill, and to destroy. And he says, he, he says um, what he said to me is that he, he desires for us to hear him and him only. Because he knows other voices that are not from him or sent by him has potential to lead to death spiritually, physically, mentally, or emotionally. Are all four. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. This is done. We're discussing what God wants us to hear. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose. He had been calling Samuel. Let me give y'all. And Samuel kept jumping up asking Eli, You called me? And he was like, no, I ain't call you, you know, and he went back. So by the third time, this is what happened. 
And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay, and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. God, it's important that we hear God. And guess what? He going to use, in that, you know, in that situation, God used the person he was talking about punishing to let him know, hey, that's God calling you. <laughs> he might have should have thought about it. He might, Is God talking about me? Hold on. I don't know if that's God or not. I don't know. You know, Eli might have should have thought about it because once he heard what God said, it was, it was bad on his part. But, hey, you know, God used him. And we know that after that, Samuel heard from God all the time. But, you know, we have to go ahead and tune our ears into. Sometimes it takes other people, our pastors, our, 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 um, the, the, the leads in our group, our flight groups, those who's over, you know, our co-leads, whoever, so, got to help fine-tune our ears to that's the Lord. That's who we're hearing. We're hearing God. And then once you find out you're hearing him, you'll be like, oh, I know, you know, because the stranger voice I will not hear. I know who that is. Get on out of here. You ain't talking right. You ain't God. So um, it says, okay, okay, and now let's go into God cares what we say. He cares what we say. God is so good. He, he's wonderful. And, and, and the way he cares for us, he said, cast all your cares upon me. Once we cast all our cares upon him, Ain't nothing for us to worry about. Once we give it all to him, ain't nothing to worry about. So let's go to first Samuel. Wait, no, I went there already. First Samuel, the first chapter, verses nine through eleven. Now we spoke about Hannah earlier and how um, um, she she wanted a baby, you know, and she was seeing some things. She was. She was seeing some things. She was seeing um, Penina, Penina, acting ugly. She was, you know, flaunting that she had all these children and Hannah ain't have none. And the Lord did something about it. So let's talk about what what she had to do before, in between, the Lord doing something about it. First Samuel um, chapter one verses nine to eleven. It says, So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shallow. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord 
all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. God cares what we say. See, it ain't, it, it ain't like me. My, my baby be talking and I be like, oh, okay, I hear you. <laughs> like, would you go? You know what I mean? In my mind, you know, because she want to tell you everything that went on, everything. Then she want to tell you, look what I can do. And I be like, okay, you know, I, I see you, you know. That's good. That's real good, you know. But God cares. He cares. He cares what comes out of our mouth. So you can't just tell God on any old thing. See, she couldn't not die. The moment that she wouldn't, if she would have acted like that she wasn't going to give Samuel to him, like she said, it would have been a problem. I can bet you that. Because God cares what comes out of our mouths. So we can't just be saying on anything. We can't say any old thing, to, to, you know, out of our mouths, period. When we're dealing with other people. When we're dealing with other people. We, because we belong to him, because he's Father God, he expects, you know, you, you, your children reflect upon you, whether you like it or not. And you be saying, I don't know where they get that from. They got it from somebody. <laughs> One of them, I had, I had to take the, real, real, the realization, oh, they got it from somebody. You know, I don't know, somewhere I let them go or something. Either way, it come back to me. You know what I mean? It reflects back. It, you know, it, they got it from someone. And God don't want us, we call him Father God. You think he want us out there talking any kind of way? Saying anything out of our mouths? Anything, anything comes out of our mouths and then we tell him, I love the Lord. He's like, when? When you love me? Because when you love, you act a certain way. You talk a certain way. You understand? You, I'm just saying, he cares what comes out of our mouths. And, and, and one thing about it, if it's the right thing, he's going to back us up. And ain't nobody can back us like God. Let me tell you how much he care about what comes out of our mouths. Let's go to Matthew um, chapter 10, verses 16 through 20. Let me hurry up. I'm at the end. I'm at the end. Um, Matthew 10, verses 16 through 20. It says, behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, ain't that's where we at. That's where we at. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But be aware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. Did I say that right? Scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for God's sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, don't worry. He said, don't worry about how or what you should speak. Why? For it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. See, one thing about God, he cares so much about what comes out of our mouth. If we'll just pause for a minute and give him a second, he'll give you up. She'll come out your mouth. All you got to do is pause for a minute. And I was reading it earlier, um, it was in the ESV, and it said pause in his presence. Just pause for a minute, and he'll give you what, you, what to say. And what, when, when he give you something to say, it can't be disputed. They can do and say what they want to, it can't be disputed. Now we go to this last place about God caring what comes out of our mouths. Ephesians 6, um, verses 14 through 20. Um, Paul is writing this letter, and he gets... Um, he gets here and speaks about putting on the whole armor 
so that we could withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Um, and I just thought when I was reading this, and, you know, it's just my thought, what I, what I picked up, my revelation, is that this conversation that God is asking for here is a part of the whole armor. It says, so stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery dots of the, the fiery, fiery dots of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication, perseverance, excuse me, and supplication for all the saints. That's something we should be doing with our mouths too. Then he was talking about himself, but I took it for, my, for myself. The rest of this, he was talking about himself, you know, but I'm going to take this for myself. And I, I encourage you to take it for yourself too. It says, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. It don't matter where we are right now. It's a lot of things going on. It's a lot of things we're seeing. It's a lot of things we're hearing. It's a lot of hurtful things. That's why I told the story about my son earlier. It's a lot of things that we, you know, that might have been something small to an adult, but this was a child. And so at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that's going on in this world. And we, but we have to be careful not to say the wrong thing. We see, you pastor been telling us about these mouths, this mouth, it, 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 it has authority. And so with our authority, we have to speak the right things. And how we speak the right thing is letting God fill our mouths. Ask him what it is that he wants to say. What you want to say, Lord? Oh, nothing? Okay, I'm gone. You understand? That's right, I'm gone. I ain't nothing to say then. Close your mouth. And so that's what the Lord gave to me. And he said it was important for all of us, myself, all of us to know that he cares he cares what we see, he cares what we hear, and he cares what we speak, what we say. So that's it. Praise God. Amen. Thank you. Come on and give God a praise for that tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a big praise. All, all, all the Shanteisms that we just gained tonight. Come on, give God another big hand for that word tonight from Shante. So the, the dog, did you get another dog yet? All right, we pray God brings you another dog into your life and some food to go with it this time in Jesus' name. <laughs> Praise God. Remain standing tonight. We're going to close out tonight with uh, one of my faithful sons in the faith and the ministry. He's going to come who always has a, a special way he brings the word of God and only he can. And uh, so I want you to stand at attention ready to receive one of God's soldiers in the army, Lord Elder. Edward G.D. Baker. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Appreciate that. Hallelujah. 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 Y'all give Chantel another hand. Amen. Hallelujah. It's, hallelujah. It, it's just so amazing how God just puts put people in place knowing that what he gave me Sort of kind of lined up what she, she said. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Well, I give honor, always honor. It's always honor. It's an honor and a privilege to be behind this pulpit. Woo! Behind this man of God. Come on, let's give him a hand. Hallelujah. 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 All right, so we're going to go ahead and get started. Dad told me I had 30 minutes, so we got 30 minutes. And go. All right. Let's go to Matthew 28, verses 18. All right, and this has been something God has been dealing with me with since this pandemic started. Um, and uh, when one morning we had prayer here, and Dad asked me to lead prayer, and um, I I didn't come out of this right here. What we what this this scripture right here, but Jesus was telling us how you know. Um, the harvest is plentiful. Pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send. All right? But before Jesus left this earth, he said these was his last few words before he was ascended up in, from Matthew, from Matthew version. All right? And it says this right here, verses 18. And Jesus said and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, I want to read this also in the Passion Translation. All right? And I, I just want everyone to really understand who you are, what you have, if you are a believer. Okay? It, it has nothing to do with if you are a preacher. It doesn't have nothing to do with if you are a teacher. All it is is if you believe. All right? This is what he said. He said, then Jesus came close to them and said, all authority of the universe has been given to me. Now, Hold up. On one, one version that says, I got it up here. It says, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Now go into, go in my authority and make disciples of nation. And that's the only part I wanted y'all to see. It said, go in my authority. Meaning that the authority that Jesus had, he gave it to us. All right, and when I seen this, God took me back to Genesis 1, when God gave Adam dominion. Now, this, that dominion was the same thing as the authority that Jesus gave to us. Now, if you looked at Adam, the Bible told Adam, he said, the first thing God told him was, be fruitful and multiply. First, it said that he blessed him. Then he said, be fruitful. God said, Jesus said that, I'm giving you my authority. Now let's go make. Right? It's the exact same thing. All right? Now, we understand that with Adam, he was being fruitful with, you know, the planet. You know, as of then, he was, he was tilling the earth. Matter of fact, the Bible told him to subdue it. Now, listen, when I heard the word subdue it and I looked it up and I didn't put it on here, it was talking about overcome it, overcoming the earth. Because that's where he was at, the earth. Where are we right now? We're on the earth, and we have to 
subdue it. We have to overcome it, right? He was, and it also said that rule over it, right? So Jesus had the authority to rule over the universe, as what the Passion's translation said, all right? But he gave us the authority to rule over the universe. Now, the authority over sickness, the authority over diseases, the authority over lack, the authority over anything that you do not like, you got the authority to change it. You got the authority to turn it around. But he also said, go out and make disciples. Right? Adam was supposed to be filling the earth. We are supposed to be filling the earth. Right? Remember, the earth at that point in time was Eden, right? Eden was a representative of heaven. So he was filling Eden. We should be filling heaven. Do y'all see the y'all see it? We should be filling heaven. Now, how we should be filling heaven? Making disciples. We want God don't want anyone to die and go to hell. Jesus didn't die for us. Just for us. The Bible said that God loved the world. He didn't say he loved the believers. He didn't, he didn't say that he loved, you know, the ones who's doing the right thing. He didn't say that. He said the world that he gave his son, right? So that means that when he did that and Jesus got the authority and he gave it to us, okay, now it's time for us to go and fill the earth or fill heaven, all right? So if I had to give you a subject, it's make believers out of it. Make believers out of them, okay? So we were talking about the authority, right? The Greek word of this authority is azusia, right? Authorities, authority, charge, control, dominion, jurisdiction, liberty. You have the liberty with this authority, amen? Power, powers, right, the power of rule or government. The power of him whose will and commands must be submitted by others and obeyed. And obeyed, generally translated authority. So God gave that to us. We should be using that to bring in disciples. Amen. So God gave me four things, four, four ways to make believers. Four. So we're going to go over these four, and then we're going to be out of here. Amen? Amen. So the first one, and, and I heard, heard uh, Shantae was talking about your words, speaking. By your words, you can make a disciple. By the way you speak, you can make a disciple. All right? Because remember, your words are very powerful. All right? Your words create. Hallelujah. Your words create, all right? So let's go to verse, uh, let's go to John, verse 4. Listen to how this was so amazing to me, to me, all right? How this, this worked right here, okay? In, in, in chapter 4 of John, you, can, you see that Jesus was at a well. He was weary. The Bible said that he was weary, and he was, but he wasn't weary enough not to minister to somebody. He wasn't sitting here saying, oh, I'm so tired, I'm not for to go, and I, I don't need to do what I need to do to get you saved. Even though you might be feeling a little something, that person still needs you. And at that point in time, that lady needed what Jesus had. 
which was the word. So, so he was talking, and, and, and he asked her for a drink of water, all right? Still kind of remind me of Seth, um, Elijah when he went and was talking about the bread, make my bread first, you know what I'm saying? But at this point in time, he was asking for a cup of water, and she, she told him, hold up, I'm a Samaritan. Why, why are you talking to me? She didn't know who he was because he didn't care who she was. We shouldn't care who it is. All we know is they, it, it doesn't matter who they are. All we know is they need to be saved. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter. But what he said was, if you knew who you was talking to, I would give you water. A water that you would never thirst again. And she was like, Oh, oh, okay, can I, can I get this water? And then she, he asked him, um, where is your husband? And she said, she said, I, I don't have a husband. And he said, you know what? You so right. Matter of fact, you done had five of them. And the one you with right now, he ain't your husband. He, he ain't it, baby, he ain't it. So he done went and told her her business. He done spoke the words that she needed to him. So let's, let's go right to verse 28, 4 and 28. John 4 and 28. Uh, I should have already been there while I was talking, amen. John 4 and 28. Okay, it said, and the, the woman then left her water pot, this after Jesus done spoke to him, went her way into the city and said to the men, Oh, it done. I was reading my Bible. My bad. Ooh. Technology, technology. Jesus. My fault. Don't trust it. Don't trust the technology. Okay. All right. Amen. Okay. 28, 28, 28. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, left the water pot and told and said, Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out to the city of the city, came to him. In the mean, uh, and then let's drop down to 39. And it says on 39, it says, And many other Samaritans of the city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. Your testimony can save somebody. Well, you've been, when they see you and they say, ooh, I remember where you came from. They can say, yeah, baby, I remember where I came from, too. But God done brought me out of that situation. When, you, when somebody can see something that done happened to you and you can be able to speak into their life, that can make somebody believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So she testified about it. All right? And then it said, after she testified about it, <laughs> they believed, right? Then 42 said, then the woman said, said now we, then, then they was able to come and talk with, that, uh, talk with, with Jesus. Then the men, at the end, they told her, we don't believe just because of your word, but we believe because of the word that we just heard from him. We just heard something ourselves from him. Now we do believe that this is the Christ. So your words are very powerful. Hallelujah. If you look at the book, book of Acts, we go to book of Acts and you go to uh, chapter 2 or chapter 4. Yes, chapter 2 we know that the, the Holy Ghost came like a rushing wind. But after that, Peter, he, he went boldly and he started speaking the word. 
he started speaking what he what God what God had put in his mouth. Like she said, let God put something in your mouth. The Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit was in him. If you are saved and you sanctified and you've been filled, the Holy Spirit is in you. So guess what? God can put something in your mouth that you can speak. Now, after he was speaking, the Bible said that 3,000 was added. 3,000 were added. But if you go to chapter 4, <laughs> Peter, and, uh, Peter and John were speaking. This was after a miracle, and we're going to go to miracles. This was after a miracle. After, after they finished speaking, 5,000 was added. So from, from chapter 2 to chapter 4, it might have been three days. It might have been five days. It might have been, I don't know how many more days. But all we know was it was at least 8,000 people added because of words. So just remember that your words, and you, you've got to realize that when you speak, things have to happen. He gave you the authority. Jesus gave you the authority. He, when he gave you the authority, he didn't give, give you the authority to start using your hands. He gave you the authority to use your mouth. Hallelujah. All right, so we just said by words. Number two. By your character and your behavior. How do you carry yourself? Your demeanor can save somebody. You don't believe it? Ask my brother David. If you look at David, 1 Samuel, the Bible talked about how he always behaved wisely. How he carried himself. Even when Saul wanted to kill him, he still behaved wisely. Now, while that was going on, if you went go 1 Samuel 23, it talks about how those people who was distressed, those people who was in debt, all those people, they went right to him to be captain. Not because he had something, but he did have something. Because of his character. They seen how he walked. They seen how he talked. They seen how he acted around the king. They seen how he just lived his life. They seen how confident he was. They seen that he was never negative. They seen that even though negative things was going on, he still knew how to bless the Lord. They seen that when the situation was going out, he knew exactly who to go to. He knew exactly who his rock was. Hallelujah. And if I was, if I finished reading what I read at the beginning, we were talking about the Passion Translation. And please forgive me because I want to go back just a little bit. All right. It talks about how. Uh, you go in this, go in authority and make, a, make disciples of the nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them faithfully, follow all I have commanded you, and never forget, I am with you every day. So you have a big brother with you every day. You have, not only that you're walking in his authority, he's with you every day. So that's just like, you know, you, you understand it. And I know I, I've heard this one time before where when you got a big brother behind you and somebody want to fight you. Ain't no way in the world they know they're going to beat you. The devil, ain't no way in the world the devil should beat you. You already got the victory, but not only that, he's with you. Come, you know, I... Listen, yeah. I was when my first year, one of my first years teaching. 
I was at this school, what was the second chance school? Everybody know what a second chance school, one of them schools that, you know, you got these knucklehead, yeah, these, these kids, you know. And one day, I was, in, I was in class and I heard all this commotion going on and everything like that. And after, after school, I was trying to figure out what went on. So a, one of the teachers was like, Coach, you would not believe what happened. I said, what happened? He said, how about this boy was trying to fight this girl the girl called her mama. The, the girl mama came to the school. The teacher, the doors are supposed to be locked because this is a crazy behind school. But the teacher forget to uh, uh, lock the doors and she left the door and she left the class. So now the mother don't went in the class with the boy and the girl and told the girl, you better whoop. And every time the boy looked like he was about to hit her, bam, you better whoop. Meaning that the mom was sitting there waiting, just there, like, if, if he even try, I got you. And that's what Jesus is trying to tell y'all, look, it doesn't matter what the saint is trying to do, I got you. I got you. I got you. Now, look, what was crazy, what was crazy about it, after it happened, she just walked out, got in her car and left. And no one said nothing about it. Now, I thought that was one of the funniest and craziest things because I still, to this day, think they was lying. I ain't going to lie because how in the world? But when it's in Quincy, Florida, what can I say? <laughs> Gaston County is a whole different breed. Y'all just don't know. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, what I'm saying is Jesus said that he's with you every day. So you have the authority and he's with you. So there's no way, there's nothing that the devil can do, no way that he can do anything unless you allow it to happen. That's the only way, because the only way God, Jesus don't be with you is if you decide to leave him. If you decide not to do what he asked you to do. If you decide he's giving you everything that you need. He's giving you everything that you need to make sure that you're able to fill the earth. Hallelujah. All right? So, so your character, your behavior, you, people should not, people should see differently than what they are in the world. You know what I'm saying? You, you shouldn't be that one that is going off on somebody. Cause I think I heard Dad talking about this morning, you know, somebody trying to cut you off and, you know, they trying to tell you number one. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't be the one doing that. You know what I'm saying? How, how you going to be that one doing that and then you at church sitting there in the front and that person who you just did that to stop right there and like, I remember you. You all feel praising God and you the one who was telling me I was number one in the car. No, they don't work like that. You, you know, hey, do you know a lot of people don't come to Christ because of believers or ones who say that they are believers? Not just because of the words that they're saying, but the way that they act. That's, that's, that's one, of the, one of the main reasons why people don't come. Because they're like, why should I come when I see what that person is doing? Not knowing that everybody not like that, but guess what? It's this thing called stereotypes. And I don't understand why they think church folks are the same. Because we're not. 
Hallelujah. We're not. Can the real church people stand up? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can we really? I mean, straight out. Like, because we got some. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so let's go to First John, I mean, First Peter 12, verse 2 in the message. First John 12, verse, I mean, 2, verse 12. Matter of fact, I'll read it right now. First Peter, forgive me, First Peter 2, verse 12 in the message. And it says this. It says, live an exemplary, exemplary life among the natives, which are the heathens or the Gentiles or the unbelievers, so that your actions will refute their prejudices. So they'll stop judging you. Then they'll be won over to God's side. And be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. So your behavior, it says live a life that they can stop judging you and you can win them over. Your behavior, just by your behavior, your living, your, the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you act. Hallelujah. The way you, you live, you eat, you know, sleep, however. Make it where when people see it, you can win them over. Hallelujah. All right. So we don't win over words. We don't win over uh, character, behavior. Number three, your works. Your works. Your works. And I know I have miracle signs and wonders. What are you performing? But also the good works. Those, those works that when, you know, like anyone who's been around me a lot, my favorite, they know my favorite scripture is eight, ten, um, uh, Acts 10 and verse 38. How Jesus Christ Nazareth, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing. Here come the, the miracles. Here come the signs. Here come the wonders. He was doing good and healing all who was oppressed by the devil. But here you go. God was with them. Jesus kept saying, he's with us. The same the same anointing, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is still in us. He, he, he quickens us the same way. He's with us. So we should be doing good, healing those who are oppressed by the devil because he is with us. He said that he was. You should believe that he is so we can go and do what he tells us to do. Hallelujah. All right. So, so your works. So let's go to John 2. We'll go to John 2, verse 9. John 2, verse 9. All right. Hallelujah. Okay, and it says, when the master of the feast had tasted, this is when Jesus um, made the water. He turned the water into wine. This was what they said considered one of his, his first miracles that happened in, in the book of John. Okay, it said when, he, he, when the master of the feast tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to, to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have, have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs 
Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. They believed in him because of the miracle or the sign what was just, just done. All right? So if we, and we remember when, when Peter, when Jesus told Peter to lunch, you know, he was out the whole night, and it's, the Bible said he was toiling the whole night trying to get some fish. And then all of a sudden, the next day, Jesus told him to just throw it somewhere. He probably, was, he done probably threw a hundred times already. But when he did it that time, the nets broke. That at least, what did he say, about three, year, three and a half years worth of fish that they had. That was a miracle, right? That was a sign, right? And Peter first was like, oh, get away from me. Get away from me, please. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. But when Jesus told him to follow him, what he did? He threw everything away. He forsook everything. Kind of reminded me of Elisha, of Elijah, when he forsook everything and went and followed him. Hallelujah. And that's what God's trying to get us to a point of. He's given us the authority to do these miracles. He's given us the authority to do signs. He's given us the miracles to, to, to do wonders that people can forsake what they was doing and come and be in the kingdom. That's what he done. If you go to John 4, 4, if we go to John 4, verses 46, this is where we just, uh, in John 4, we talked about the lady who, who used the words, right? Now, this is John going down a little bit lower, verse 46. Jesus had healed this young man, all right? And he said in verse 46, so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water, water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son. For he, has at the, he, he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you by no means believe. So Jesus already said, you, you got to, some people got to see something. Some people will, get, will believe because of the word, but some people, you can say a word and it won't, it won't be nothing to them. They got to be able to see something. They got to see somebody that got, came out of something. They got to see that you can get them out of this situation. Hallelujah. And even though it might be coming from a word, it might come through a deed, but they have to see it. They have to see it. Hallelujah. So that's what, so when he healed, guess what happened? After he healed his son, the Bible said that not only that the nobleman believed, but his whole household believed. He got the whole household to believe just because the man healed the son, just because of the sign and the wonder. Hallelujah. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm getting down. I think I done went to about 24 minutes now, so I got six more minutes. Amen. All right, so the last one, last one, last one, your stance. What you stand for? What you standing for? Huh? Or would, you, would you move? Would you move when you see that something's going on in the world? Are you going to move what the world doing? Or are you going to stand for what's right? Your stance or what you stand for will bring people into the kingdom. It's two stories in this, in, in, in this Bible that I think about when I, I hear about it because we, 
I'm going to talk about the kings or a king. There was a king called Nebuchadnezzar. Now, this king, all right, it was two, two situations, well, one situation for King Nebuchadnezzar where he was talking about these three young men named Shaq, right? Meshach and Abednego. Everybody know this story, right? So I, I'm not, we're we not going to read it, but I just want to go over it just a little bit. All right, so the Bible talks about how they had made this big gold thing or whatnot, and they wanted people at this certain time to start bowing down to it, all right? But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was like, no, not us. No, we don't, that, we don't stand for that. That, that ain't what, that's, that's not what we stand for. We stand for the true and living God, the one, I, the one even though we might be in slavery, but I don't feel like I'm a slave because God is with me. I'm free. Hallelujah. So people went and told the king, and the king got very mad. So they brought him to him, and the king told him, say, hey, I'm going to give you a chance. You'll get one more chance. I'm going to sound this horn, and you better bow down. <laughs> and they, told, they, they looked at him like, man, come on now. I, listen, once again, I stand for righteousness. I stand for holiness. I stand for the king of kings. I stand for the Lord of lords. That is not the king of kings. That is not the Lord of lords. I don't know what kind of God that is, but it ain't my God. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't my God. So he got mad. So he turned up some fire. And... And he turned it up so high that the ones who was trying to throw the boys in, they got killed. Right? So they in the fire, just chilling. You don't hear them screaming. You don't hear them worrying. They might be in there praising it, praying and praising. When I think about it, they, they, they might. Because when I think about those ones who's been like in jail, when you talk about acts, uh, 16 or 25, you know, they're in jail, and they, instead of them worrying about what was going on, they end up praising, giving God thanks, they blessing the Lord, hallelujah, because you know what happens is, the Bible says that God dwells in the praises of his people, right, oh God, Holy Spirit, hallelujah, he said he dwells in the praises, right, so when it happened, when the king seen, he seen four, so why, why did he see four? Because it was somebody who looked like the son of God. It looked like because he dwells in the praises of his people. So it doesn't matter what kind of fire you're in, you still should praise the Lord. It doesn't matter what the situation may be, you still should give him glory. Because he dwells in the praises. And we know if he dwells in the praises, things has to change. So he gave me, you know, even though the fire was hot, they was cooling. He done, he done blew, he done, he done gave them some cool wind. So they end up sitting down chilling. Everybody else burning up, they over there like this. They might have been cooler than the ones who was outside of the thing because they was with the Son of God. And it's, it's funny to me that it was the king who said, it looks like the Son of God. How in the world would the king know who the Son of God is? It had to be something to let him know. He must got some kind of revelation to know that it was the son of God. But what he did realize was these boys are standing on who they, who, who they say they're going to stand on. They, stand, they stood for that righteousness. And then after all that, and they came out, 
The king decreed something. He, he, he decreed something. He told them, he said, hey, you cannot stop them from worshiping the, the true and living God. Matter of fact, there is the true and God. There is no other God like the God that they serve. They made him a believer. And you know if you got the king believing something, things got to change. Hallelujah. Because they end up, at the end, end up getting promoted. They got promoted after that. So guess what? Those things, what was seeming bad, they was turning it around for the good, baby. It was getting turned around. But then there was another story in, the, in, in Daniel. We got to talk about Daniel, right? Now, this king was, uh, Bill, how you say his name? Belshazzar or something like that? Okay, something like that. But it was, because it was, Belshazzar was, I thought it was Dave. Hold on. Say it again. Two? Oh, okay. Belshazzar or Belshazzar. Something like that. But y'all know what I'm talking about, right? All right. All right I have to do my chante. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? All right, so, now, look, listen. Now, now with Daniel, though, Daniel, Daniel was a little different. And I say this because everything I talked about, about your, your words, your demeanor, your stance, he did all these. This is who he was. Matter of fact, the Bible called him, he walked wisely. He, he, he served wisely. You, you know, and he, had, he was able to speak words. Matter of fact, he was, able to, he was the one who was able to interpret a dream, right? All right, and that right there also had King Nebuchadnezzar to believe, all right? Because in chapter 4 of Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar decided to write a whole decree about how great and marvelous God was just because of the words of Daniel, okay? But now this other king must didn't know who Daniel was, all right? So now we're going through the same situation who he's standing for, right? And, and Daniel, once again, they, they were telling him how he should not be praying and, and praying to his God. And Daniel is like, this is what I do. I do this every time. This, I'm consistent in this. Matter of fact, this is what I believe in because when you believe in something, you're going to do it. If, when you believe, when you have no doubt that you're going to lose 50 pounds and you got this this manual, if you have Barbara or Miss Gigi, and you said, hey, I'm going to lose these 50 pounds. I'm going to lose these 50 pounds. And every day you said, I'm going to lose these 50 pounds. And every day you walk over there, you start doing your thing. Next day, I'm going to lose these 50 pounds. Walk over there, do this thing, it start raining. You know what? I don't care it's raining. I'm going to lose these 50 pounds. I'm going to keep on going because your mindset has changed. Daniel had the mindset of, hey, three times a day, I'm praying. It doesn't matter. Rain, sleep, hell, snow, I'm praying. It doesn't matter what this man say. It doesn't matter what that man say. This is what I stand for. I know what God done did for me already. There is no way you can stop, stop me from doing something that I know works. So he's, he he, he's still praying. Now, someone went because they was jealous of Daniel. Because Daniel was... Like I say, Daniel was a bad man, but Daniel knew exactly where his help was because God was with Daniel, right? So they was mad. They was, they was real mad about Daniel. They was real jealous of Daniel. So one day they seen Daniel praying. 
and the decree was they don't supposed to be praying. So they went to the king and told the king, hey, didn't you say you don't supposed to be doing this, and if you do this, then you know something's going to happen? And the king said, yes, I did say that. Well, they seen Daniel doing it. Now, it hurted the king. This how, is how awesome Daniel was to the king. It hurted the king because he loved the king and he trusted, the, he, he trusted Daniel. Hallelujah. But because he wanted to have his pride, you, won't, you know, this is what I said, this is what's going to happen. This got, this got to happen. Okay? So it's going on. So they throw him in the lion's den. Once again, the Bible said that the, lion, uh, the angels of the Lord came in, shut the lion's mouth. So he's in there sleeping on a pillow. Probably one of the softest pillows he probably ever slept on. Some of that lion's fur. Ooh. That might be, we might try to find us a lion fur pillow, honey, because that might be, that might feel some kind of way. I mean, you know they're the king of the, you know they're the king of the jungle, right? So you know there's something about that mane of the lion. You know, it's, 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 it's something powerful. But anyway, anyway, okay, so, you know, the king rushed in the, because he, cause even before that, he said, Daniel, your God will deliver you. This is what the king said. Once again, how do the man know about his God? This is another king. How do he know? Because obviously he must have been hearing something. He must have been hearing some word. He must have understood how God done delivered him out of some situations and circumstances. So he said, um, he will deliver you. He did. He ran just to make sure that he was okay. Daniel! Yo, Daniel, you okay? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm good. I'm good, chief. I'm good. I'm good, chief. <laughs> so, so after that, though, because of his stance, the king made another decree. He made another decree. And everyone who accused him, Daniel, all of them went in the lion's den. Now, that, hey, 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 it went no, hey, no, that mouth went shut then. The lions ate them up. You know what I'm saying? But the whole thing is, they was able to stand on who they believed in. If we are those believers who believe in who God is, if you know that he's delivered you out of something, you know he's, he's brought you out of situations and circumstances, if you know that only the reason why you're still here is because of him, it should be easy for us to go out there and let people know it is time to come into the kingdom. Hallelujah. It is time because God, we've, I know everyone's been hearing this for a long time. He's coming back soon. He's coming back soon. And if they were saying it, 60 years ago, and they, they were saying it 40 years ago, it must be, close, it must be closer. Because every day we live is a one day closer that he's coming back. Amen. So we, all we want to do, we got to make sure we be able to go out there in the authority that God has given us to go make those believers, go make those saints, because it'll be great. The Bible says that the ones who win souls are wise. So we need to make sure that we're using the wisdom that God has given us to go get them. Hallelujah. So let's go do it. Are y'all with me? Amen. Come on, give God praise. Come on, put those hands together and give God a great praise tonight for the word of God. Come on. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, give both of these wonderful speakers a hand tonight. Come on. 
Come on, encourage them both tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Something about our mouths that we have to be very uh, guarded about how we speak. And I like what Shantae mentioned earlier, that point about if you don't hear anything, don't say anything. Just hold on. When he gives you what to say, then you say it. And what God will do for situations is when you're going to go to minister to somebody, he'll, he'll give you that. That's, you know, we got to understand these uh, gifts of the Spirit are not just for the physical church. They're everywhere. So God will give you a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, that you will minister to someone, um, and you can tell them things that they'll be like, you don't even know me. How did you know that? I did know that. The Lord said something to me. A word of wisdom will give you an instruction for them, and they'll see the fruit of it. And so we have to always be listening out to God. Uh, this we're, we're in a serious soul-winning time. You hear what I said? We're in a serious soul-winning time. Uh, we don't have long before Christ comes. And I'm not saying he's coming back this year or next year. I don't know when he's coming. It might be another 75 years. I don't think it'll be 75 years. Uh, it's, I, I think it's very, very, very close in the next couple, couple decades, tops, tops. But the truth is, we were taught growing this, growing up, this is how we were taught. Whether we go back in the rapture or we leave this planet on our own individually, be also ready. And we have to make sure people are ready because there are people that are leaving this planet every day who aren't ready. And that doesn't make God happy. The Bible says that God doesn't take, take pleasure in the death of anyone, not even the wicked. So we want to do God's will. And to use our mouths. I heard somebody say this one time. Everywhere you go, preach the word of God. And if you have to, use your mouth. In other words, your lifestyle, your character has to speak. There are some people who they won't listen to you. Uh, I'm not talking about you. I mean, they won't listen to people in general sometimes because they watch their lifestyles. Their lifestyles are, are eternal. So we have to make sure that we live in such a, a way that we please God and have good character. So when we do open our mouths, we have some credibility. Credibility. Amen. Praise God tonight. Did you all enjoy yourselves tonight? You received the word of God. Amen. 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 I want to remind you, uh, all the ladies, that uh, you have a fast beginning this coming Friday at noon. So you'll fast this Friday from noon uh, at noon until Saturday at noon. And on Saturday is...